Well, we decided to set up a podcast, you know, so you can think about Jem and Nagap when you're driving to work, running on the treadmill, sitting at the beach. So I'm trying to remember what I do next. Oh, yeah. Press play. This is the Nagap Report, the official podcast of Nagap, the Association for Graduate Enrollment Management. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the NAGAP Report, the inaugural podcast for NAGAP, the Association for Graduate Enrollment Management. My name is Marcus Hanscom. I'm your host and the NAGAP Education Chair. I want to thank you for joining us for what we hope will be the springboard for a really great series of podcasts over the coming years. We've been talking a lot to our members. We've been offering webinars and things for a number of years in addition to our many conferences and PDIs and PCIs. And we found that there's a hunger for having some more flexibility in listening to some of the best practices that we are able to connect our members with and experts in the field. So we're creating this podcast to bring that to you. So you can now download this podcast and bring it with you on your mobile devices or listen to it on your desktop at a time that's convenient for you. And these will be available for as long as you'd like. So you can always come back if there's a specific topic that you missed or you want to come back to it. That'll be available to you. We're excited because this format gives us a lot of flexibility. We'll be doing a lot of interviews with experts in the field. We'll be able to do things remotely at our various events that we have, but also can connect you with what's happening with NAGAP. So in that light, I decided to sit down with Keith Ramsdell, our new president, and Jeremiah Nelson, our vice president, shortly after the Las Vegas summer PDI for new professionals, where we had a record crowd this year at the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. And we talked a bit about what to expect over the next few years from NAGAP. And it's a really exciting time for us, and I hope you'll give a chance to listen to the interview and learn a little bit more about what's to come. We just wrapped up our NAGAP board meeting, the first board for 2018 to 2020. Um, I'm here with Keith Ramsdell, our president, and Jeremiah Nelson, our vice president. I want to talk a little bit about what kind of went on the last couple of days and what our members can expect going forward. Keith, give us a sense of what the last kind of, it was a little bit of a whirlwind the last two days. Tell us what that was like. It was. Uh, yeah, I mean, we had been waiting for, I mean, literally weeks. I think people were excited to finally get this group of people in a room together because we had so many projects that we were um, either continuing from the end of the last uh, board or a lot of new initiatives um, that we want to share with you now. Uh, but it was just a really exciting time to get this group of leaders in a room together who are all passionate about NAGAP, passionate about GEM, and just excited to be together and ready to move things forward. Great. And, you know, Keith, this is obviously a, a, you're the new president as of April, and this is a new foray for you. You've been on the board a long time. So what can you, obviously looking back, you can see a lot of kind of historical things that have changed over the last few years. What are you looking forward? What do you expect is going to come out of this board? What's your vision for what things will look like in 2019 or 2020 at the end of this board? Well, you know, Marcus, I think the biggest thing for me is simply the fact that um, at the mid to uh, late 2017 is when we did the um, member needs assessment. And we had great participation from our membership uh, in response to that survey. And so a lot of our strategic initiatives moving forward are directly related to what our members have come out and said. Um, and they're all tied directly to our strategic plan, but it's specifically our mission is um, education, professional development, and data and research. 
Those are the things that we are um, charged with um, providing for our members. And everything that our members came back and said, you know, we desire X, Y, and Z, those are the things that, that we're really invested in. So, for example, um, one of the things we want to do, and, and you're charged with doing this, this is your area, is developing a, a consistent webinar series that provides information uh, to our members. And so even this summer, we've already started, uh, we've already had three webinars. Uh, two of those were in partnership with Carnegie Dartlet, uh, who's a strategic partner with Google. Great information. We have two more um, of those webinars coming up to round out this summer. And then uh, a continuing series throughout the, the coming academic year. Very, very excited to be a part of that. And then podcasts like this. So delivering professional develop in a, uh, development in a way that if someone can't attend annual conference or they can't attend maybe a PDI, we're still looking for ways to reach um, our members. Um, we're also investigating uh, an online networking platform. Uh, that was something that um, our members came back and said, yeah, it's great uh, to be able to network at annual conference or a PDI, but then when it's done, how do we continue that? And you can do that in various ways, but there's no real convenient way that's designed specifically for that purpose. And so we're in the process right now of determining what a platform might be that would provide that capability. We are prepared to set aside some, some resources to make that happen. And so that's in the works right now. We're also looking very seriously at how do we continue to integrate what we do with regards to diversity and inclusion initiatives and international initiatives really into everything that we do. And so those two committees are now uh, fall under um, executive board or elected officer positions, and they're in the process of putting together their committees, looking forward to how we include those initiatives in everything we do, not just uh, a project here or there, but in everything that we do, always keeping diversity and inclusion and international initiatives a part of the discussion. And I'm really committed and excited to make that happen. And then finally, the last one I would uh, want to talk about is maybe our 60-second surveys. We talked a lot about that. It's something we attempted several years ago. Um, we're looking to bring that back so that our members can express, you know, what is the specific need that you have, and we can go out very quickly, do a survey of our members, and then respond with the data that they have in literally in real time, uh, and then present that uh, those uh, findings also in perspective. So... The discussions that we had were really exciting, and they're not things that are going to be, uh, you know, a year or two or three years down the road. Those are things that we're looking at launching either immediately or in the next maybe three to six months. Well, what was kind of nice about this board, given that we're, we're a new board uh, coming in, and I know the last board had kind of evaluated our strategic planning document, and now we had an opportunity to kind of revisit that and refine some of those with the new folks around the table. And, Jeremiah, I know you've been central in planning this document and planning the opportunities that we have to really refine our strategic planning. Can you talk about what that document has turned into and what kind of initiatives we have? Sure, of course. I think the first priority for this board and for – uh, kind of our vision going forward is that the strategic plan is something that any member could look at and really understand in a clear, readable way what the priorities are of the organization and what the board and the leadership are doing to further that strategic plan. So 
to be able to kind of glance in an easy way and get a sense of what are the key focus areas that we're putting our energy and our resources in and how that ties into kind of an immediate member value has, was kind of the driving force of how we, we put the document together in the first place. And then we kind of spent the last two days, well, actually the last several weeks, in a extensive conversation to make sure that each member of the board and the area of focus that they that they work in is represented in a meaningful way in the strategic plan. So the idea being if if we've committed a board resource to a project or a task that we want to make sure that it ties in in a strategic way uh, and that each board member is able to see themselves and the work that they're doing on behalf of the membership in that strategic planning document. Great. And, and you know, you mentioned these key areas or six or seven key areas that we have. Can you Can you tell us a little bit about what those key areas are? Sure. The first is uh, key focus area one, which is the recognized leadership. We want to be recognized as the leaders in GEM. This is what we say, uh, and uh, it's a kind of continuing effort to make sure that the kind of graduate enrollment management world at large knows about NAGAP and, and the resource that we are. Key fo focus area two is research and promotion of GEM knowledge creation. We really see it as an opportunity for leadership to take the um, integrated uh, interdependence model that we've developed and really put it into practice in a way where um, GEM practitioners all around the country and the world are able to see themselves and apply the, the model in a meaningful way. And so the way to do that is to extend the research, the case studies, and the training that we do in order to kind of bring that to life. And perhaps one of the most exciting things about that is the possibility of putting together a, a handbook or some kind of resource that people can refer back to um, that really kind of stakes out our claim uh, as the leader in this area in, and serves in a meaningful way. Key focus area three is on marketing, recruitment, and retention of members. It's important for us that we are thoughtful, that we are communicating to our members the continuous value and benefits that we offer to them in a way that resonates and kind of demonstrates the membership value that they're, they're able to take away from being a part of this organization. And if, if we're not kind of practicing what we preach as enrollment managers and really um, leveraging the skills that we use every day on our campuses uh, to be able to communicate well and to resonate with our members, then we're missing something because we, we've all got this expertise and we want to make sure that we're using it. As Keith, Keith mentioned, um, diversity inclusion is key focus area four. Um, this is something that I know everybody around the board table is really passionate about, and we wanted to make sure that it was really um, clearly carved out um, as a key focus area. In the last uh, version of our strategic plan, it was woven throughout, but it w didn't get the kind of attention that we all thought it kind of needed, so we wanted to make sure that was uh, articulated in an in a important and thoughtful way. Um, key focus area five is education and professional development. As Keith mentioned, it's a lot of what we do, right? The, um, the education component uh, of our association and kind of being that source of information is a big deal to our membership. And um, we've got some continuing initiatives like PDI and PCI and our, our conferences, uh, but also the Perspectives magazine and the, the new initiatives that we've got on the horizon to be able to engage the membership in different ways. Key focus area six is chapters. This is a, a growing area for us um, as we look to extend the opportunities for members 
across the U.S. and around the world to be able to um, connect at a local level, uh, build their networks, and be able to use each other as a resource and to recognize the regional differences um, that uh, may impact the work that they do. All of that's really important to us. And um, also creating a pipeline of leadership opportunities for folks where they can get involved at at the chapter level. And then last is fiscal management. We are really committed to making sure that as a board that we're using our member resources really thoughtfully and uh, intentionally investing in the things that are going to create the future of NAGAP as an organization. Yeah, and I think the the, the financial uh, point is interesting because we just had six or seven of us just go out for flights to make make it home tonight, so we're not charging an extra hotel night. So just a micro way that our board is really trying to make an impact on our finances. And I think um, to the last board's credit, I think we saved somewhere in the ballpark of forty to $50,000 to the membership. So I think that's something we can all be proud of. Um, you know, something that it was really kind of poignant in the last couple of days that I know Keith has been really active in is building partnerships. Um, and that includes other associations like ours, but also with um, some of our vendors. And in the past, that's been a little bit of a challenging conversation because people kind of view vendors as, oh, they're for profit and they're not out for our best interests. But coming from a previous board and now working with you here, I like to see how intentional it's been that we partner with companies that really speak to our mission and our values. So can you tell us, Keith, about kind of where we are there and what kind of opportunities lie on the horizon for us? Absolutely. So one of the things that we've done over the last couple of years is we started a very intentional, strategic process of reaching out to both peer educational associations as well as vendor partners who have knowledge, they have data that can benefit our members. And so we needed to find ways where we could partner with them in a way that made sense both for them and to benefit uh, benefit the NAGAP members that we serve. And so we started those discussions and this started probably about a year and a half ago during Winter Institute, and we had a meeting with about a half dozen potential partners, and we cast this vision about creating a community that would support the GEM members, the GEM community members, and it really has taken off in a way that we didn't expect, very almost like grassroots, where in some cases we actually had direct competitors or uh, vendors sitting at the table together who you would think, gosh, they don't even like each other, they can't get along. And what happened was really surprising to us that they had a dialogue uh, with other people in the room where they said, really, in order for everyone to be successful, we have to put our own interests aside and support what NAGAP is trying to do in providing for the needs of their members, the GEM community, and ultimately the students that they served. And so that's been really, really exciting. I've actually talked to people who said, I've never heard of anything like this. How is this possible? But just in the last three months alone, we've had conversations with no fewer than 15 potential partners. And those partnerships, Marcus, could look anything like, um, like the Carnegie Dartlet partnership where they had access to data we worked with our with our members in you know doing a survey and the result of that and their uh, strategic partnership with Google was some amazing data specifically on social media and online marketing that specifically reaches out to a potential graduate student really really amazing data that was that was presented there and down the road it might be additional data resources or it might be partners who seek to just support us through 
um, online marketing efforts or things, other things that we can't or don't have the resources in and of ourselves to take care of because we're a volunteer-driven organization, they're willing to do some of that heavy lifting in partnership with us and really everyone benefits. And ultimately, it's all about uh, serving our members. And it's, it's been very exciting. Yeah, and I think that's uh, something I want to make sure our members understand that you know this our board here we're not we're not paid to do this we're doing this because we're committed to the association and the work that we're doing and we're constantly looking for other members and we're very interested in getting members more involved and I'm hope, hopeful that they'll hear some of these opportunities and get excited for them because I think you know I can speak on behalf of the three of us at the very least and everybody around the table that this is something we all really enjoy we come away from these meetings feeling really energized we love what's happening with with the field and I think you know we look at kind of the challenges that are out there now. Undergraduate institutions are kind of under strain. Most parts of the country, there's declining high school populations. So now they're starting to look, institutions are knocking on the grad door and saying, can you help us with revenue? And they're looking at adult populations and things. How are we as an organization responding to that need to make sure that our members are really up on the core competencies of of a graduate enrollment professional? And, And how can we make sure that our campuses understand how important and valid that is? Well, again, I think that that goes directly to our mission statement, which is we are charged with providing education, research, professional development that supports their um, continuing efforts uh, in their own campus, in their own offices. And we know we don't have all the answers. And so we're doing everything we can to, um, as Jeremiah said, be the leader in GEM And in areas where we're not specifically the leader or we don't have the leadership within our membership, our goal then is to partner with those who do so that we can provide that information to support our members to meet their individual institutional goals and to do the very best they can to be successful in their own workplaces. Which is great, and these partners help us kind of leverage that as well. Absolutely. Because being a volunteer base, we're all working in graduate admission on our own campuses, so it's not like we're sitting around waiting to do NAGAP work. It's uh, something that we're doing because we care about. Um, Jeremiah, what's that experience been like for you being on the board? And you've been on a couple of boards now at this point, and what what do you foresee as a VP in the strategic planning efforts going forward? Yeah, it's a pretty exciting time to be a NAGAP for sure. I think there's just a tremendous opportunity as the uh, environment continues to shift, as you mentioned, for us to continue to elevate the profile of graduate enrollment management on each of our campuses. And as our members are better equipped and more efficient and effective at the work that they do, it elevates NAGAP, right? I mean, when they are successful, we are successful because people suddenly are able to talk about, well, where did you learn that? Where did you where did you get that idea? Oh, well, I learned it from this presentation that I went to a conference, or I learned it from this PDI that I went to uh, last year. And so they're really able to take the best practices of the profession and get out of their own bubble and their own campus context and to see kind of a wider view of the best practices of GEM. And ultimately, that sets everybody up for success. It certainly has been true for me. Um, I learn something every single time I come to conference. Um, This time that I spend around this board table, uh, I learn more from these people um, and their individual successes and challenges than would certainly be possible. And this is an instant network of folks that I'm able to take advantage of when I come into a problem and need a quick solution. I mean, we've talked about this many times. All of us reach out to each other as a circle, a community, to be able to 
get a quick answer on how their specific campus maybe deals with the problem that I have, or do they have ideas or suggestions uh, that I might use to be able to approach this problem in a different way that I hadn't even thought of? And I mean, that network of people that understand what we do are able to translate the context that we live in into in the ca- context that they work in and their environments, uh, and to be able to be useful and helpful to each other is really what this community is all about. I mean, people say NAGAP family in a kind of hokey sort of way. Um, they kind of look at it that way, but once you get involved and engaged, it's really hard not to value the incredible group of people that is just really committed to each other and the profession, but also to our students as a whole, because ultimately, I mean, we're all in this work to to help them become better at what they do and to go out into the world and realize their own dreams. That's really what we're we're all in it for. Well, I have to, on that front, one of the, one of my favorite memories of being in NAGAP is when I first met Keith's wife, Tina, and she came to this board and all of a sudden she looked to us and she goes, I get it now. And it was just a really great kind of, it, it really reflected who we are and as an organization. And I see that reflected from the board table all the way down to all of our membership. And um, I think that's really critical. And, you know, you talk about some of the professional development we're doing and how we can reflect that in our own work. And one way we're doing that is through chapters. And that's something that's really grown in previous years. We now have our first international chapter in Canada. I know there's some ideas to grow that going forward. Uh, we also have, I believe, our second ever board member from another country uh, serving with us, Andrew Kim. He's our treasurer. And, uh, you know, Keith, tell us a little bit about how the chapters are fitting into this greater process. I know we'll have an opportunity to meet with them in October, and, and what do you think our members can really do to leverage their chapters and how they can help elevate sure. their work? Well, I think originally one of the reasons we obviously went down the road of chapters was simply to provide an opportunity for professional development for those who, again, maybe lived in a region who couldn't, maybe didn't have the resources or the money to travel to an annual conference or to a professional development institute. And really what it's become is more of a partnership. Um, we see a lot more give and take now, especially with the, the, the stronger chapters that we have. We also have some special interest chapters, BioGap uh, chapter and, and JGAP, the Jesuit chapter, in addition to the, the Canadian chapter. And so it's really a, a way for us to support one another, those who are living in regions or in, in these special interest groups and vice versa with the national. And I think one of the things that we're going to attempt to do, and this is certainly part of our strategic plan, is to make sure that gem professionals across the United States, that every area would be covered with a chapter and everyone would have the opportunity to participate in a chapter of some type. And so that's in our strategic plan. We also have in our strategic plan to um, expand what we're doing in Canada so that it's not just, I mean, Canada's a big place. And so rather than just having KGAP, we also want to be able to look at the, the different provinces in Canada and be able to meet the needs of our uh, members there. And then also internationally. I mean, we've already said that international is, is really going to be a focus for NAGAP moving forward. And one of the ways that we can do that uh, and to meet the needs of current and future international GEM professionals is through the building of chapters and the development of those partnerships. So we're very excited about that, and I think that there's a lot of momentum behind this uh, coming here over the next two years. Well, and, and I don't know how many of our members understand that we have a partnership now with EAIE, which is kind of the European counterpart to us. And for the last several years, we've sent 
members from from NAGAP over to EAIE and vice versa and have built quite a partnership with them. And that's also helped open some doors with study portals. Um, I know Edwin's active in our partnership that we're considering going forward with some research opportunities with our research committee and Paula Baker. And we're, you know, we're sitting here in the Cosmopolitan. It's a beautiful hotel right on the Strip in Las Vegas. And, you know, I always, I laugh when I'm leaving for Vegas. My colleagues are, oh, you're going to work in Las Vegas. A terrible life you have. And, you know, the reality is that most of us have spent the entire last two days sitting in a room that doesn't have any windows in it, and we're talking about our NAGAP work. And so we're here in Vegas, and we're here on the coattails of our summer PDI, which has been a really critical part of some of the in-person professional development that we already offer that's a regular staple. We had our largest ever population here this year, 125 attendees, which was really great. And I met with a woman from Ireland yesterday, which was really interesting. So we're getting some international attention. So talk about what how these PDIs fit into our entire kind of curriculum and, wh- and why that's important and what this type of event was the last couple of days. And if somebody were to ever consider coming here, what would they get out of this day and a half? In sure. Vegas? Well, and for me, this is a very um, personal kind of thing because my introduction to NAGAP was through Summer Institute, and I presented at Institute, and then I served on that committee, and then I chaired that committee. And so for me, one of the real keys to our success and to what we provide as far as resources to our members is through these professional development institutes. So starting with Summer Institute, um, and we shifted it slightly this year intentionally, it's really about the core competencies. It's really about those um, educational domains that were developed in the white paper uh, three or four years ago that we believe are critically important to the gem professional, that these are the foundational pieces that they need to understand in order to uh, be successful in what they do on their campuses. And it also, this year we were very intentional about tying together that integrated interdependence so that everybody there understands the significance of that model and how all of the pieces of graduate enrollment management need to work together in a way that truly supports the graduate student life cycle from first touch all the way through graduation and and, uh, into becoming an alum. And so that was something that we presented here at Summer Institute. Then we have our Winter Institute in January. That will be in San Juan, Puerto Rico this year. And that's really for um, advanced graduate enrollment management professionals. And that is a day and a half focused on really some hot topics. I mean, what are we really dealing with in graduate enrollment management that um, some of our senior leaders across the country and, and around the world, they're just struggling with? Uh, the international crisis and how we, how we recruit and retain international students right now is on the top of everybody's list. We need to be able to deal with some of these things, and we'll bring in an expert who can maybe address some of those concerns. We always typically have a session on legal issues every year. All of us in GEM, we're all struggling with, you know, what's the latest lawsuits and, and, and how do I avoid it or, or how do I deal with it on my own campus? And so Winter Institute is really critical, typically have 50 to 60 professionals, in some cases a few more than that, who will attend that PDI hoping to kind of take the next step in their career and give them the foundation that they need to be successful as a mid or upper level manager in GEM. And then finally, we also have our PCI, our pre-conference institute, which is always uh, provided for a half day 
in conjunction with annual conference. So uh, in April, that will take place in Toronto right before annual conference. And that's usually a very specific topic of high interest for that given year. At this point, that topic has not yet been identified for the coming conference or the coming PCI, uh, but the um, PD committee is working on that, and we anticipate that they'll have a topic selected very soon. Great, and I, and I know that this is going to be our first international conference, so we're excited for that, and everybody get your passports ready because <laughs> we know it's going to be our first time, at least across the border, for uh, for our NAGAP members for the conference. And in addition to all of this, something that's cropped up the last couple of years, we have our, our winter and summer PDIs, we have the annual conference, but we've kind of talked about mid-level professionals. What can we do to help elevate them to the next step? And that's turned into what we've ultimately decided to offer as it becomes our Leadership Academy, which will likely be coming in 2019. Uh, we've got a lot of plans behind that. I know Jeremiah has been really tied into that plan. So could you tell us a little bit about the Leadership Academy and what people might be able to expect and where it might be and that kind of thing? Sure. It's uh, very exciting to see this coming to fruition. The Leadership Academy, as you mentioned, is really targeted the at those mid-career gem leaders uh, who want to really take their careers and their leadership abilities to the next level. So the intent is for, at least as it's designed right now, an, an introductory weekend that would start in, say, around October timeframe. And they were targeting New York City and partnering with Teachers College at Columbia University as our host. And we have contracted with some uh, leadership development experts to help put together a curriculum where over the course of that weekend, we will talk about an introduction to GEM and how leadership and GEM tie together, but then really dig deeply at how leadership works um, in in the GEM profession, how people can apply these leadership contexts on their own campus. So each member of that pretty exclusive group. I mean, it's going to be about 25 folks and people will apply and be selected to participate um, with the idea that they will get some pretty intentional professional development out of this personally. Um, We've built in some opportunities for coaching so that people can really look at their own opportunities for growth and get some really one-on-one specific feedback on what it will take for them to take their careers to the next level, but also an applied project where they're able to, over the course of a, say, six or seven month curriculum, really think about and develop collectively and individually to um, solve a problem or make a change on their campus. So the intention is that it's going to be very applied, that people will be learning about leadership, but then also also applying what they're learning to their own organizational context and to bring some value of what they're learning, not just for their own personal growth and development, but for the improvement of their campus as well. And the hope is that they'll bring what they've learned and their projects to the annual conference the following year and share that with the membership so that we're kind of paying it forward a little bit and saying, here's what I learned, here's what I did, um, and here's the change that I was able to see or the change that's in progress on my campus. So uh, the the larger membership at annual conference will be able to, to benefit from that as well. Well, and, and uh, so we're looking at potentially October 2019, so we're uh, a little over a year from that at this point, but it's something that everybody can, can plan for. It's something we're really excited. And what I hope is obvious 
to our members and those that might be listening here is that we're being very intentional about providing opportunities that are relevant to people where they are in their careers, uh, whether that be the summer PDI for more people that are new to graduate, not necessarily new in their careers, but new to graduate enrollment. And then we have the advanced PDI to go a little bit more deeper dive into topics. PCI is kind of covering a little bit of both of those gamuts. And annual goes everywhere from early level to upper level folks. And I think one thing that, based on feedback, we're going to try to encourage and grow in the upcoming annual conferences to have more opportunities for for those advanced professionals to connect with each other and talk more about really important issues that are kind of 30,000 foot strategic level. And we've got a pretty good plan, I think, to get that going. And where we are and kind of what we're doing in a forward-thinking way and the vision is really clear, and I think we've got a good two years ahead. So I want to thank you both for joining me and talking a little bit about what we're doing going for, going forward, and I hope everybody's excited. I know we are. Uh, so thanks so much, Jeremiah and Keith. Thanks, thank Marcus. You. Special thanks to Jeremiah and Keith for that great conversation following our NAGAP board meeting and summer PDI in Las Vegas this summer. Tune in for our next podcast where I'll take a little bit of time and talk with David DeMaria. He's the Associate Vice Provost for International Education at the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. He's a familiar voice if you tuned into our latest webinar, and I had an opportunity to track him down in his office in Baltimore recently, and we talked a little bit more in depth about what to expect for international student mobility issues, working with them on campuses, how to generate buy-in with your faculty and staff and administration, and ultimately what we can expect in the future working with these populations. So for now, thanks for joining us for the inaugural episode of the NAGAP Report. I'm Marcus Hanscom. See you next time. <music>